This is Barry Zelma, Zelma on Insurance. Today we're going to talk about the loss in progress rule. The loss in progress rule has been described as follows, quote, the point at which a threat of loss is so immediate that it may fairly be said that the loss was in progress and the insured knew of it at the time the policy was applied for or issued is generally a question of fact. Close quote. Sentinel Insurance Company versus First Insurance Company and Inland Waters Pollution Control, Inc. versus National Union Fire Insurance. The uh, Sixth Circuit Federal Court of Appeal. At least one court has seen the loss in progress rule as an attempt to swallow up the expected or intended exclusion. The defense is independent of the exclusion for losses that are expected or intended by the insured. A majority of states, unlike California, have overruled the old marine rule under which a false representation of fact that the insured warranted to be true automatically voided coverage, regardless of the materiality of the misrepresentation. In Chemstar Inc. v. Liberty, the court concluded that since an insurer may only insure against contingent or unknown risks of loss, a policy issued after the loss in progress has begun does not cover such loss. The California Supreme Court, in Prudential LMI versus Superior Court, made it clear that there is a stark difference between first and third party insurance. The California Supreme Court said, quote, as one court observed in first party cases applying the rule finding coverage only on actual occurrence of injury, no damage or injury of any kind has taken place until manifestation. The cause instead lies dormant until it later causes appreciable injury. Close quote, citing to Insurance Company of North America versus 48 Insulations. Thus, a third-party insurer can be responsible if it fits within any portion of a continuing loss while the first-party insurer is only responsible if it is on the risk when the loss first manifests itself. The Prudential LMI case limited the application of the decision, therefore to first-party insurance. Recent Court of Appeal decisions have found that the difference is illusory when discussing the loss in progress rule. In Inland Water Pollution Control versus National Union, the Sixth Circuit in 1993 found that the loss in progress rule applies to a third-party case. The court held that the loss in progress rule operates only where the insured is aware of a threat of loss so immediate that it might fairly be said that the loss was in progress and that the insured knew it at the time the policy was issued. This is basic fraud. 
you cannot buy an insurance policy to protect yourself against the loss that has already occurred. In Montrose Chemical versus Admiral, a 1995 case before the California Supreme Court, it set the issue at rest, at least in California, as follows. Quote, we conclude that the standard CGL policy language, such as was incorporated into Admiral's policies in issue in this case, provides coverage for bodily injury and property damage that occurs during the policy period. In the case of successive policies, bodily injury and property damage that is continuous or progressively deteriorating throughout several policy periods is potentially covered by all policies in effect during those periods. Stated in the insurance industry's parlance, we conclude that the continuous injury trigger of coverage should be adopted for third-party liability insurance cases involving continuous or progressively deteriorating losses. California courts have long recognized that coverage in the context of a liability insurance policy is established at the time the complaining party was actually damaged. For instance, in Remmer v. Great Glens Falls Indemnity, a 1956 case, the court was asked to interpret the definition of occurrence as that term was used in a CGL policy. The precise issue in Remmer was whether the act of defectively grading and filling a lot constituted the sole occurrence giving rise to coverage under the policy's one occurrence provision, or whether subsequent injury an alleged maintenance of a nuisance on the graded lot adjoining the third-party claimant's property also triggered liability coverage under the policy. Relying on cases from California and other jurisdictions, the Remmer Court formulated the following rule, subquote, The general rule is that the time of the occurrence of an accident within the meaning of an indemnity policy is not the time of the wrongful act, but the time when the complaining party was actually damaged. The Remmer formulation, which distinguishes between a wrongful act and the injurious result of that act, and holds that the triggering of liability coverage under a CGL policy is established at the time the complaining third party was actually damaged, has been embraced by many experts. It can be found in Couch and in American jurisprudence and other authorities. Close quote. On June 22, 2010, the Supreme Court of Ohio decided Pennsylvania General Insurance Company versus Park, Ohio Industries in which it was asked to revisit the all-sums allocation message, method of insurance coverage for progressive injury losses, such as asbestos claims, spread over multiple triggered insurance policies. 
Under that approach, the insured may select or target one policy issued by one insurer. The Supreme Court reaffirmed the all-sums method and declined to adopt the competing pro-rata allocation method. Additionally, the Supreme Court held that the insured has a duty to cooperate with the targeted insurer to identify other policies and insurers which may provide coverage for the loss. The targeted insurer may then seek contribution by non-targeted insurers. Failure to timely notify a non-targeted insurer of a pending claim does not automatically make that insurer's policy inapplicable for contribution to the targeted insurer. Further, lack of notification to a non-targeted insurer will bar the targeted insurer's claim for contribution against that non-targeted insurer only if the failure to notify resulted in prejudice to the non-targeted insurer. The California Supreme Court destroyed the applicability of the loss-in-progress rule in most third-party liability claims by the following language, quote, Although it is true that the loss-in-progress rule is codified in California Insurance Code sections 22 and 250, draws no distinction between and thus is applicable to first-party property insurance and third-party liability insurance policies, the distinctions inherent in the two types of coverage necessarily result in a different analysis when the rule is applied in the liability insurance context. As we have explained, first-party property insurance policies provide coverage for damage to the insured's own property. In that context, insurance cannot be obtained for damage which has already occurred because the absence of risk precludes coverage. Third-party liability insurance policies, in contrast, afford coverage for sums which the insured shall become legally obligated to pay as damages because of bodily injury or property damage. In the liability insurance context, insurance cannot be obtained for a known liability. Where there is uncertainty about the imposition of liability and no legal obligation to pay, there is an insurable risk for which coverage may be sought under a third-party policy. The fundamental contractual duty of the insurer in the third-party case is to pay such judgments as shall be recovered against the insured. In the usual first-party case, the promise of the insurer is to pay money due under the policy to the insured upon the happening of the event, the risk of which has been insured against. Aetna Casualty and Surety Company versus Conduct, a 1976 case. Relying on the loss-in-progress rule, sometimes referred to as the known loss rule, insurers argue that there was no potential liability coverage 
for and consequently no duty to defend their insureds who had polluted before the inception of the policy. The California Supreme Court disagreed. In that regard, the Supreme Court relied upon, among other things, California Insurance Code Sections 22 and 250 that define insurance as, quote, a contract whereby one undertakes to indemnify another against loss, damage, or liability arising from a contingent or unknown event, close quote. In General Accident versus the Industrial Accident Commission, an employer, Vessels, who was interested in obtaining industrial accident coverage for his oil company, visited a broker who filled out and forwarded the application to the insurer. Because of slow business, Vessels requested the broker hold the policy until he could decide whether to accept the quote. The insurer instructed the broker to hold the policy for up to 60 days. In the interim, one of Vessel's employees died in an industrial accident. The following day, Vessel's paid the premium and accepted the policy. He waited an additional day and then reported the accident. The insurer logically denied liability, repudiated the contract, and returned the premium because the loss occurred before the premium was paid and the policy accepted. Vessels, facing a large personal loss, sued the insurer, arguing he was insured when he reported the claim. The General Accident Court held that Vessels' intentional concealment of material facts gave the insurer a right to void the policy, stating, in part, quote, material facts intentionally concealed or false representations made in reference to them with intent to mis mislead the insurer is fraud, which at the insurer's option avoids the policy, and where it is provided that a concealment will warrant the rescission of a contract of insurance, rescission is not an exclusive remedy. Close quote. The general accident case makes it clear that issuing insurance against a risk of loss that has already occurred is not, by definition, insurance, since there is no longer a risk of loss. Loss is a certainty. Hiding the fact of the loss when acquiring the policy is common law fraud. It is also a violation of the loss in progress rule and will prevent coverage from attaching. Finally, the loss is not fortuitous, and the coverage is prevented by the fortuity exclusion that is implied in every contract of insurance, but not written in any. This video was adapted from my book, Insurance Claims, 2nd Edition, Volume 105 of 10 available as either a paperback or a Kindle book from Amazon.com or from the link on my website, Zelma.com, by clicking on the link for the Insurance Claims Library. If you found this video useful or of interest, 
mention it to your colleagues so that they can also view it and watch this site for more videos. Thank you for your attention and have a good night.